0: The relationship you have with yourself is the most important one in your life. Your hormones tell your story. The imprints, the traumas, and the victories. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident, and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock-solid metabolism, lasting weight loss, and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. Thank you so much for joining me today. You are going to love my guest today as much as I love her. After you listen to our interview, she is a soulful physician who is passionate about helping women with their health and their hormones and to live more empowered and embodied lives. Sound familiar? I believe in all the same things. And we have a lot of similar interests and training. So I'll tell you a little bit about her and then we'll get started. And we'll talk in the interview about the quotes that I shared with you at the beginning from her about your relationship with yourself being the most important one in your life and how your hormones tell your story. If you're not sure about what that means, stay tuned and we'll dive into it. So Dr. Sonia Jensen is a naturopathic physician in Canada, and she's on a mission to change the way women understand their bodies and themselves. She believes that women are the center of their families and communities, and by supporting them, we're creating a ripple effect that will support the whole. She is the mom of two boys. She's an author, yoga teacher, podcaster, workshop, and retreat leader, and she's the co-founder of Divine Elements Health Center, the Longevity Lab, and the Health Ignited Academy with her husband, Dr. Nicholas Jones. She has a background in cell biology, and her lived experience with Ayurvedic medicine in her home has given her insight into the human body that helps her to serve the women and families she works with from multiple different lenses. She believes it's everyone's birthright to live a happy, healthy, joyful, and abundant life. I believe the same, and she's honored to help our community move from a state of simply surviving to genuinely Welcome, Dr. Sonia Jensen.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor, and I'm very excited about our conversation.
0: Me too. We have so many joys and loves in common, and you really approach women's health from such a deep, spiritual place, which I do too. I want to dive into that. But I want to start with how you came to have this perspective. Mm. Because not all physicians who work with women and work with women and their hormones work with women and their health. Really, it's very a very mechanical approach in the mainstream. And so how did you come to have this deeper
1: appreciation for what's going on with women's health? Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. And I think for me, just from the beginning, I've just had a very curious mind about humans in general and how we operate and why we make the choices we make. And just observing you know, myself and my culture and understanding the stresses and traumas that I went through growing up and how that impacted my health really didn't become clear to me until I was actually in naturopathic school and in training. And the beauty of naturopathic school is they do really teach us to look at health from a different lens, like very holistic. But it still doesn't hit that spiritual, that emotional piece that's actually impacting our health in our everyday relationships to others to ourselves and our hormones so as I started working with women and started to see their stories unfold in front of me initially you know you have your training so you're doing all your differential in your mind and trying to figure out okay what's the best next step I'm already like 10 steps ahead even as they're telling me their story and it really wasn't until I feel like I became pregnant with my first son And I really paused and started to recognize changes in my body and started to be just so present in myself that that forced me to be present with the women that were in front of me. And what that did, it actually created a trajectory of healing for me. And I went down this healing path of becoming a yoga teacher, understanding how my trauma started impacting me and my hormones in my youth from having cervical dysplasia to PCOS to all these things and thinking, oh, there were just physical manifestations, but realizing that physical manifestation came from something deeper. And as I started to pause and listen to women's stories and connecting the dots for them, I started to really understand like, this is such important work that we're not uncovering enough as physicians, or even as women, we're not even aware that we can ask these questions. And understand that how intimately connected all of this is. So really, I have to say it was it's my patients that have given me this opportunity to learn more,
0: Yes, I love, you know, how the journey becomes the teaching and the lesson the patients teach us and it's that's part of my story too but it took me a, a lot longer than it sounds like it took you you know i've heard it said that you can learn through pain or you can learn through pleasure and unfortunately mm. in the past i've gone the pain route and after i as a mainstream physician my health was tanked many mm. people listening know that story so i won't repeat it and then i really had a more mechanistic approach. Well, I got to do salivary cortisol and the Dutch test to look at my hormones and balance and do all the things. And then I achieved a great deal more health and vitality, but then came the, the next lesson, which really gets to the things you're talking about. And I love this quote that you shared with me before we started, that the relationship you have with yourself is the most important one in your life. and. I don't think I got that, that that was a real relationship and important to address in terms of my health. And I think that most of the women I work with, when I say that, they kind of look at me like I'm a little crazy, what are you talking about? Mm
1: -hmm. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, I think our relationship, or I feel that our relationship dictates everything, because that self-talk that we women especially have, as soon as we wake up, we look at ourselves in the mirror and instantly we have criticism, instantly we have a to-do list, instantly we're already thinking about what others might think or what we need to do to meet others' expectations. whether it's our partner or our children and even ourselves from the conditioning that we've received through observing the women when we were growing up or the conditioning that was just passed down from generation to generation. And so all of that sets us up to have these set of beliefs about who we are and how we're supposed to present ourselves. And in that, I think we lose this ability to understand who we actually are, who we were meant to be in this lifetime, in this body. And instead, we're just playing these roles that we're given and wearing these masks that we have to put on in order to just navigate our days. And it really, I feel, isn't until we understand that we're doing that, that we have these roles that we're playing, these masks that we're wearing, that we can start unleashing some of those. And then through that, we start to understand, okay, what's actually important to me? How do I define success? What does health actually look like? What do I want to dream into my life? What's my self-worth? All of those things will dictate our actions and will dictate how we even are relating to our partners or to ourselves. And I think that in itself will then imprint itself into our cells and our bodies and then the body starts to speak right like the more women deal with autoimmune disorders and cancers than men do and so when you start to unravel some of those stories of like why is our self fighting ourselves why are these cancer cells producing themselves and creating these whole new communities like what about us is so disconnected that we've forgotten our true essence because we've learned to really shun that voice or not listen to it because there's so much noise in our environment Mm -hmm.
0: so I hear some people thinking right now Sonia what does what I think and the roles I play and the masks I wear have to do with my physical health like what does it have to do with autoimmune disease and cancer they don't get that connection can you help them understand
1: that Yeah, if we can just go to the simplicity of how our nervous system works, right? We have our sympathetic nervous system, the parasympathetic branch, and the sympathetic is our fight or flight. It's our, you know, the one that we rely on for protection to run away from that dangerous situation that we might be in. And in our perceived mind, when we're triggered by something, this could be a smell. This could be a conversation, this could be a look that a partner gives us and all of a sudden we're taken back to a moment when we're young and maybe we were scolded for doing something or maybe we had a big T trauma, these micro things that may have happened, wake up your brain this amygdala your emotional center and then tell the brain okay i need i need i need to understand what's happening here and then the hippocampus comes in which is your memory center they start talking to one another they feel your hypothalamus which then tells your pituitary gland to give the reaction that your physiology needs in order for you to survive this moment. And when we're doing that on a repeated basis, again, this could be making lunches for our kids, taking, dropping them off to school and then to soccer and then to this. And we're in this race, but the body's like, wow, she's in danger all the time. So I have to give her this cortisol. I have to give her this adrenaline in order for her to make it through her day. And so we create this pattern in our physiology, which then tells our, Sex hormones like progesterone and estrogen and testosterone to take a back seat because it's not about creating life or healing or resting. It's about surviving right now.
0: So well said. And I think that I was talking with a group of women yesterday. I'm at a yoga retreat and I met this group of women. And of course, the topic with women always comes back to hormones because if yes. you you can't meet a woman who doesn't have a hormone problem, it, it just doesn't exist. And I was explaining to them, you know, that the hormones originate in your central nervous system. They're part of your nervous system and most people don't get that. And Mm -hmm. you also shared this quote with me that I love, hormones tell a woman's story, the imprints, the traumas and the victories. So can you talk about how hormones are related to the nervous system, that Mm -hmm. whole system you just talked about? I think you touched on it, but I really wanna Mm -hmm. make sure everybody listening gets it Mm -hmm. a clear picture. And mm-hmm. how their biography has become their biology, like Carolyn Mesa.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's beautiful. And you know, if we understand our hormones are responding to our environment, so that's our internal environment, that's our external env- environment, that's our emotional environment, chemical, physical, all of it. They're basically messengers that are communicating a message that they're receiving and then relaying it to another cell. So if we think about it in terms of stress, everybody understands stress. When we're under stress, immediately the brain's thinking, "Okay, what can I do to support her? And the thing that it can do to support us, the hypothalamus will tell the pituitary gland to then talk to our adrenals to secrete cortisol. And cortisol, again, it's a necessary component of our system. It's part of our circadian rhythm. It's necessary for energy. It's necessary as an anti-inflammatory at some points. But when we're overusing it, when we're overutilizing it, our progesterone, which is one of our sex hormones that actually regulates our cycle, it's anti-anxiety. It's it's the one if you feel like you know you need a warm hug, progesterone gives you that warm hug. <laughs> but progesterone so turns right. But progesterone turns into cortisol. So if we're continuously turning our progesterone into cortisol, so you know, that's going to change the relationship between progesterone and one of our other main hormones called estrogen. And estrogen, I feel like is kind of the, it's the warrior hormone. It's what gives us energy. It's it's good for our skin. It's good for our mucous membrane. It's good for so many things. And it changes their relationship, which then creates, you know, this dominance that happens with this estrogen over progesterone. So now what does that look like for an everyday woman? That might look like heavy periods that might look like PMS or mood changes the week before your period, that might look like hot flashes and night sweats during your transition to perimenopause and menopause. So these everyday things that we're feeling, even anxiety and depression, can be a result of this action that stress has on our nervous system. So it's our job to define what is stress, what is causing these triggers, emotional, mental, chemical, and physical.
0: Yes. So well said. And I know some women are thinking, well, I hear about stress management is important for my hormone balance. I know I'm supposed to meditate. I can't shut my Mm. mind off. So they don't, I'm not really going to do it. I hear people talk, they hear me talking about probably you talking about, you need to live your life differently, take the mask off, really develop this internal relationship with yourself. They have no concept about how do I do this? They go to their regular doctor who s- basically s- doesn't speak that language. How do you help people bridge the yeah. chasm that is that exists between mainstream medicine right now and people like you and me?
1: Yeah, I think helping women bridge that gap in a sense that just what we're doing just is conversation, right? Teaching, teaching women that this is, Science based, right? It's our nervous system, it's our physiology, it's all of that, but it's so impacted by our life and our choices and all the things that are going on in our everyday. And so, in my book, I created a quiz and it speaks to the triangle of disconnect because I feel like every dis ease process, everything that we suffer from is because of disconnection. And so what it did is defined three archetypes. So one's the diva, the other one's the duchess, and then the other one is the damsel. So when you do this test or quiz, you kind of understand, okay, how do I actually operate? Because we don't even know sometimes, because it's so autopilot. We don't know which archetype we are operating in, in that moment. So the Duchess, just to describe it a little bit, she's like the CEO of her family or even of her business. Like she's got her schedule. She's getting up at 5am, doing her workout, getting the kids ready. Like she's super organized. She's really got everything covered on the outside because she's in that race all the time and not really able to sit in her feminine energy at all or have any softness towards herself. She's usually suffering with like insomnia or digestive issues or of course hormone issues, which stem from that. And then you have the damsel, which is like the community builder. I mean, she's the one that everybody goes to. She's the one that brings people together. She will put herself last and everybody else ahead of her. And she is usually the one that's not using her voice to communicate what's going on. So now we see thyroid issues because she's not communicating. And there's usually some sort of cyst growing within her. Or these women usually have some sort of cancer because they just haven't been able to express what they need the diva is the tricky one because she's the one that's been playing the roles and wearing the mask even tighter than the others because she may look like everything is okay on the outside but her inner world is very chaotic she probably went through a trauma that didn't that created this inability for her to feel safe in her body So when we start to understand, but she has gifts too. I mean, she's the life of the party, right? She's the one that glows and is radiant. And so I find when we can identify where we sit, and we might be all of them in some moments, we can use the gifts of these roles in mass. and we can then understand if I play into this, because it's not my essence, I may create this cascade of, hormone changes because my nervous system is going to be impacted. My brain's going to think I'm in danger. I'm not relaxed in my body. So my hormones can't do their job well. Therefore I have symptoms. So I think teaching women that it's not normal to have horrible PMS and migraines before your period. It's not normal to have really dry vaginal area and really bad hot flashes. When you're transitioning, we've normalized all of this and so i think when we understand that it's not we can then reverse engineer like okay where did this stem from and you know the western medicine can't deny that because it's science based it's it's your physiology
0: Yes, I love that. The diva, the damsel, and the duchess. So everybody think about what roles you're playing and which which do you identify with? And I love that you highlighted that which things aren't normal. I recently did a TED Talk and I had this refrain, could menopause be the cause? Because Mm. I see so many women, and maybe you do too, I'd love for you to share your experience. They Like I said, you get a group of women and they're all talking about, oh, I get migraine headaches. Oh, I never had an orgasm. I don't care if I ever have sex again. Oh, my hair is falling out. Oh, I have dry eye. Oh, I've got irritable belt. Like all these things. And sometimes they recognize that these problems are hormonally abased, but more often they're running from doctor to doctor, specialist to specialist, neurologist for their migraines, gastroenterologist for their mm. irritable bowel, never realizing that hormones play a role. So I really want everybody listening to hear what we're saying. And I love that you highlighted like PMS is not normal. Dysmenorrhea or pain on your period is not normal, but we have normalized it it's common in our culture but it's not normal so how do you speak to women about how the the vast array of
1: problems that hormones can cause yes so before we even get into there's something that you yeah. said there was really important just like a group of women together and what we're talking about right and this might be like a cultural thing i think there's a, like a bigger thing going on here where we we tend to want to talk about our problems to connect And what can happen sometimes in a healing journey for a woman, she gets so identified with her symptoms because it gives her reason to take care of herself. It gives her reason to connect with her neighbor or her girlfriends that without it, sometimes it's hard to move through life because now it's become part of our identity. So I think the first thing for us women to do is like, OK, what are the things that we're actually celebrating with each other? Or does misery like company so much that we want to talk about our problems? And I think there should be a safe place for us to be able to communicate all that's going on. And I think we also have to question, like, how much of, of that am I keeping in my life? because that is what gets me connection or that is what gives me permission to tell my husband or my partner that, Hey, I need to go get a massage today. I need to go do this because I have this thing going on. So I think reframing what self care and self worth and all those things are so a part of that. I just want to touch on that before stepping yeah. into the, the hormone piece. Cause I think it's, it's just a reframe that I think all of us women kind of need for ourselves. Absolutely. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. And then when it comes to, so how do we like educate women that everything is connected to hormones? Well, when we think about, I'm just going to bring up stress again, because that's just so common. Like I'm under stress. I've got a deadline. I've got insomnia. I've got all these things going on. These hormones are the ones that are taking the message from your brain that Your brain has received this message from the outside world and your internal world and now has to tell your organs to secrete these hormones to bring that message to the next piece in order for the body to function the way it needs to go. Without hormones, so for example, when you're eating food, hormones are at play. Your glucose and your insulin insulin is a hormone and we don't realize that, you know, as we're aging and stepping into menopause and all of a sudden we have some wake-in around our belly and we're eating the same that we did maybe 10 years ago and not being able to digest like we did before, because insulin is shifting. If insulin is high, your testosterone is low. And for women, we need testosterone, it's for our motivation, it's for libido, it's for lean muscle mass. So now the everyday things that we do all connect back to hormones. What we eat, the pesticides that are sprayed on our fruits and vegetables look like estrogen, which is a hormone. The products that we're using on our skins have hormone disruptors, which change our hormones. Everything in our environment, in our thoughts and beliefs, in our physiology is impacted by hormones or or is impacting the hormones. It's so true. And I talk with women every
0: day, they say, but Kieran, I don't know how to do it differently. My life is my life. I've got two kids. I've got a partner. I have certain responsibilities at home. I have a job. You know, I've got an an ill elderly parent I have to care for. I have my commute. That's not going to change. I have all these things in my life. My life is set up this way. How in the world do I even start to tease it all apart and? Do it differently. Yeah. So, where do you start? Where do you tell them yeah. to start?
1: Yeah, one moment at a time. I mean, the first thing is recognizing stress is always going to be there. Life is that this is life, but how we respond to it can be a choice. So, bringing in daily habits, habit stacking, I find is helpful. So, everyone's brushing their teeth in the morning. So, while you're brushing your teeth, maybe you have a mantra written on your mirror that you're repeating in your mind when you're brushing your teeth so there now you've just given yourself some me time to connect with something a little bit bigger than you maybe you have a non-negotiable every day so i actually get women to make a joy list so you have your joy list what are the things that give me joy and it can be something so simple for me it's a cup of tea so then i make sure every day i'm having a little bit of time to myself with that cup of tea so now that's bringing calm into your nervous system. So it's retraining that pattern that is go, go, go. But instead it's reteaching the mind that, hey, no, she is pausing. She is stopping. So now maybe in between the trigger and the response, there'll be some space and time for her to not react with that anxiety and that rush that shows up in our world. So starting with these simple things. Maybe it's not taking something away from your diet. Maybe it's adding something good. Maybe it's adding like a greens powder. Maybe it's adding some more healthy fats. Maybe it's adding something so that you feel like you've done something that day for yourself. And that in itself feels like a victory. So then you desire it more. So you start with one thing, then the next thing, and the next thing, even with detoxifying our environment that impacts our hormones. I always say start with one room. Maybe we start with the bathroom and we look at the products we're using. But you do it in stages. So it doesn't feel overwhelming and it feels like this lifestyle shift that you can do. I've got two boys, two businesses. <laughs> you know, like there's so many things that we all do. And I think the moment we realize we are worth it because we have this one vehicle and this lifetime to have the experiences that we want to dream the life that we want. So our job, it is our duty to take care of this vehicle.
0: Yeah, I love this other quote you shared with me. By creating a morning routine, you are not only priming your body and mind for the day, but giving your soul a gift of nourishment and love. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I find if I start my morning right with the right routine, the rest of the day becomes so much easier. But if for some reason I get thrown off of that routine, (laughs) then the rest of the day can be quite challenging. Mm -hmm. You mentioned something else in there. You said that you could get some space between trigger and response. And I know what you're talking about, but I don't know that everybody does. So
1: can you explain that? Yes. So when we have a conversation with somebody, we're watching something and all of a sudden we start to feel this like inner emotion coming up. Maybe it's rage. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's something else kind of fueling our brain to react. Maybe the reaction is sadness. Maybe the reaction is irritation in that moment. In between there, in between that input we have like a millisecond to decide, are we going to react to this? Or are we going to observe our own reaction and then respond to it? So there's a famous quote by Dr. Viktor Frankl. He wrote the book man's search for meaning. And there's another book called the choice by Dr. Edith Edgar and they're both Holocaust survivors. So he speaks to freedom and how freedom actually lies in that space between a stimulus. And our response to that, because we've all been through it. Someone says something, and we react, and we realize after, like, oh, you know, that's not how I wanted to show up, but because I felt the way I did, I showed up that way. Maybe we, you know, maybe it's with our kids. We get irritated because it's a week before our period, or you know, the we haven't slept well, and we're reacting to life instead of actually responding. So I find when you give ourselves space in the morning or whenever it is for you, it practices that we get to practice that so that in our everyday moments when there's a trigger that shows up instead of reacting right away we can take a breath and we can pause and then we can choose how we're going to react because I do feel like that's true freedom because we're not now we're not reacting because something else is taking over it's not controlling us but instead we're in the driver's seat of our life when we do that
0: Right. Thank you for explaining that. And that was certainly something I had to learn on my healing journey. Cause when you're triggered, that's your sympathetic nervous system Mm -hmm. going into overdrive. And so really learning how to put a pause in there and do it differently. And a lot of us who had big T traumas or little T traumas, our nervous systems are primed Mm -hmm. to go into that sympathetic drive, like very quickly. So learning to just get into that observer mind and not have that knee-jerk reaction I know has been key for me. Is it is it something that you help women to develop a practice mm-hmm. around? And how,
1: yeah, how do absolutely. you help them
0: do that? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think what you said something before that was really important. You know, women yeah. try to meditate and all of a sudden they're like, I can't meditate. I have too right. many things on my mind. I think there's a myth that meditation you're supposed to feel complete bliss. But really, as you probably know, meditation helps you unravel the story. So it's not always bliss. And I think that looks differently for everyone. So that joy list is the first thing that I get women to make, because maybe your meditation is going for a walk in nature, or maybe it's dancing, or maybe it is putting on a good show on Netflix because it's bringing you laughter and joy just for that Mm -hmm. moment. So I think finding what brings you joy first helps to create just space, for you to do something for yourself and then we bring in this element of like okay i'm going to give you a 3 minute 1 to 3 minute breath that you can just practice so you're just placing your hands on your body and you're just breathing and that's easy we can all breathe right so once we start that, and then they kind of get to the next of like, oh yeah, that was easy. I could do them. Okay, now that you've done one to three minutes, why don't we try five minutes or ten minutes? Or why don't we break it up, do it in the morning and do it in the evening? So we start creating these little habits and then educating the women on, you know, all the choices we're making throughout the day are going to fuel those hormones. So when you choose something, when you're about to choose a food or what you're going to watch, or a conversation that you're going to have, ask yourself a question, is this going to nourish me? And if the answer is no, maybe we make a different choice. If the answer is no and we still do it, then maybe you know later without any shame or judgment, we ask ourselves, huh, I wonder what that was about. So I find the more we question, the easier it becomes to remove judgment, to remove shame, but to really just observe who we are. And I find that's key to falling in love with yourself again. Is that morning is that time to fall in love with this yourself which is so important so i love that you
0: just said that because it's really tossed around love yourself you have to love yourself first all this but talk about what does that mean self-love i think mm. that people could use more clarity on that yes yeah yes. it's
1: triggering it's like well how do you do that what does that yeah. even mean and for me and i'll speak to just from my experience and the women that i've worked with It's when I'm making choices that fuel me instead of deplete me. So when I'm making a choice to eat food that I know are going to energize my cells, I'm loving myself. If I choose to go somewhere out of obligation, I mean, I come from a really big Indian family. We have weddings every week. And there's all this stuff (laughs) going on all the time. And if I'm going because I have to, I'm not loving myself in that moment. It's obligation. But if I'm going out of joy and wanting to connect with my family, then I'm loving myself. So I think it's in our daily choices. And that shows us that we are worthy, that it's our birthright to be in joy. And we can fall in love with ourselves and love ourselves. And it's through those choices.
0: Yeah, I always say that self-love is a verb. It's not a feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's the act, It's the love that you give yourself when you set boundaries internally yes. with yourself, when you set boundaries externally, and when you take those actions exactly like you said that move you towards health. And that gets to another quote that you shared with me before we started. True health is the result of choosing habits that help you enhance your life rather than help you escape it. Yes. And so many of us, this was true of me, too. My life was just crazy chaos. And so in order to escape it, I was basically medicating with food and wine and coffee and TV and all the things that we all use mm-hmm. to escape it. I didn't realize that's what I was doing. And so how do you help women kind of wake mm-hmm. up to really pay attention to what they're doing and? In- make different choices
1: yeah so that I actually observed when I was sitting in Spain one day and I was watching people and I was watching these elders and they're like you know arm in arm dressed up on a Sunday afternoon making out on the bench you know just like in their like true bliss and then you see them going and having their tapas and their and their wine and things And I'm like hey this culture that eats at like 10 p.m or midnight (laughs) drinks all day (laughs) and why are they living longer? What is the secret here? And again, I, I went back to him like it's connection. We're all searching to go back home. We're all searching for that connection. So when we're escaping, like what why don't we feel safe in the moment that we're in? So I will always seed these questions for women. And then if we look at the habits that we have, OK, are we choosing coffee to wind up, wine to wind down, and feeling like we deserve that wine at the end of the day because we've made it through the day, right? And we all have our things. <laughs> questioning, OK, what if I didn't have that wine? Would I still feel deservant of rest? Would I feel deservant of a walk around the block? What is that giving me? And often women by themselves, I don't even have to say anything. They know, they already know, right? No, it's not serving me. It actually gives me insomnia. I can't sleep well, then my digestion's off the next day. And now I have no energy and it's this vicious cycle. So once we start changing that relationship with that thing that we think is helping us, then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden we can shift that relationship. And then later on, maybe we bring it in once in a while and it's more about having it for joy rather than depending on it to escape.
0: Yeah, I know that's true in my life. I used to have the wine to wind down and then when I got on this path I said well that's not healthy it's hurting my gut it's unbalancing my blood sugar it's causing all kinds of problems so I started doing yin yoga in the evenings to wind down and I I couldn't believe that, you know, an hour of yin yoga would restore me to feel better than a glass of wine. So that replaced. And then the coffee in the morning, I stopped that and I started going for real vigorous HIIT training in the morning. And that got me the energy that I needed and just replacing Mm. habits one by one and really making conscious choices so instead of trying to escape my life and I also want to give a little hope to any woman out there who is as I described earlier but Kieran, I've got you know all these responsibilities this is my life I can't do it any differently I used to think the same thing and people would say to me well you should just stop delivering babies right just do gynecology no I can't women depend on me you know and I I couldn't see how I could do it differently and I worked with this one life coach back then and she had me she said just I want you to write every day my life is and how it feels peaceful joyful free uh, and I thought she was crazy but I just kept writing it I kept writing it and you know fast forward a decade my life looks completely different and it mm. is all those things that I wrote about and so I Think if you really focus on your intention and what is the feeling you want to cultivate in your life, organically these things start to change and you start making more empowered choices. What do you think?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's like that example, all of a sudden you think about buying a red car and then you're seeing red cars everywhere. Whereas before you thought, there's no red cars around, of course I'm gonna get a red car. And it's the same thing with this like self-care and manifesting the kind of life that you want. And it's as soon as you focus on it, it's like what Tony Robbins says, what you focus on grows. So as soon as you start focusing on it, all of a sudden these opportunities show up conversations, podcasts that you're listening to, things start to come into your life that give you the signal or this like nudge towards that direction that you're trying to move towards. But are we listening to them is the other question. Do we, can we pause enough to kind of see what they're trying to speak to us? And are we listening to that inner voice too that's trying to tell us the same thing? And I think when you do something repeatedly, I mean, yogic training, they teach this too. Like when you're doing a meditation for 40 days, 66 days, 90 days, like there's an actual change that's happening in the patterning of your nervous system. So we're changing that relationship. You were speaking to, you know, doing that HIIT workout in the morning that's giving you that real dopamine rise for longer periods. So you're feeling that joy in your brain instead of this like quick dopamine that we get from, you know, put into cart and then go on, on Amazon or somewhere else that we might be escaping life from. And so I think... Yeah, what you said is key that we really, we are all busy. We have these full lives and that won't change, but how we respond to it, we can change. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing
0: your wisdom with us today, Dr. Sonia. I'd love for you to tell everyone about your book, your podcast. We will have a link in the show notes to Dr. Sonia's website, Dr. Sonia Jensen, J-E-N-S-E-N.com. She has a free download there. She's going to tell you about so tell everybody about all the places they can find you and all the wonderful things you've created for them.
1: Thank you. So you can find me on Instagram as well, Dr. Sonia Jensen, there and the website. And my book Woman Unleashed, it's Revive or Release Your Story, Revive Your Hormones, Reclaim Your Freedom, and it was it's a lot of me that's in there, my story and also my patient stories and how we just linked everything in this conversation too so it's it's kind of a self-discovery book that you can utilize and every chapter has a pause moment that allows you moments to reflect Or to understand yourself better and if you go to the website put your email in you will get the first three chapters which has the quiz in those first three chapters so you can figure out if you're a diva a duchess or a damsel yeah
0: (laughs) i am gonna go take that i want to know what i am i I have suspicion but (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for sharing this wonderful wisdom with everyone i so appreciate it and for everybody listening thank you for tuning in and spending this time with us today we we're really grateful that you've taken time to nurture yourself by getting some information and inspiration. And I'd love for you to take action and share with us on social media what you did. Don't just let this be information and inspiration, but actually take action. That's how change happens, right, Sonia?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the work that you're doing and for this platform too. You're changing so many lives. And I just love seeing women empowering other women. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And thank you all for joining me for another episode of the Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. Look forward to seeing you next week. And until then, peace love, and hormones, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve.